Hi everyone, welcome to the We For Women podcast. I'm your host Julie and I'm very excited to be sharing this podcast with you. This podcast aims at celebrating all women, creating a platform where we can express ourselves and this is a chance to take up space, connect, support and inspire each other. In each episode we'll feature a conversation with a special guest. You can find more about the project and read out stories at weforwomen.co.uk where you can also take part and submit your own story. As a disclaimer, this podcast is an open, free and safe place to share our stories and have a friendly and non-judgmental conversation. The person being interviewed can share as little or as much as they want. Please be aware that we'll sometimes be talking about experiences which might be triggering for some. Thanks for listening. As you may know, the podcast has been on a small break since March due to the COVID-19 outbreak, but we're now lucky to have new technologies to help us record, even if I'm far away from my guest Becky, who is originally from Scotland and is currently living in Toronto, Canada. Hi Becky, how are you? Hi Julie, I'm very well, thank you. I'm very excited to be able to virtually meet you and have this moment together. Thank you Becky for trusting me and the We For Women platform to share your life experience. Let's kick up the second episode of the podcast and start with our first question. Where is home to you and what does it mean? Um, home to me is, um, to quote, I guess, a song is wherever, or a famous phrase, home is where the heart is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a strong believer in that. Um, I mean, home technically is Scotland. I was born and raised in the Scottish borders, so that is my place of origin. Um, but obviously now I, I live overseas and I, I think I've, home, is, home is a journey and it's a place that you come back to, to mm-hmm. find comfort within yourself, um, with your family, whether that's by blood or found family. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Home really is a place I feel within within myself. And mm-hmm. it's a nice way to go around, I guess, uh, wherever you are to have that feeling, to carry that with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, is there a key moment of your life you want to share with us today? And what was the lesson and the outcome of this moment? Yes. Um, key moment. I mean, there have been probably quite a few key moments. Um, and I, I turned 30 this year and I think there are always moments in your 20s that seem very, that are very impactful in your life and, you know, growing up lots of things happen. Um, mm-hmm. But a key moment for me was actually something that uh, happened when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had just learned to drive, I passed my driving test Um, And in that summer, I was involved in um, a very bad car accident um, near my hometown. And Mm -hmm. um, that really was a pivotal moment for me in my life. It was a huge shift in my understanding of mortality and um, life and death and how we should be living our lives. Mm. Um, and the the car accident did involve um, a death there was a fatality and you know it it all happened very quickly within you know seconds suddenly your life is kind of upended and 
um, everything changes within within those few seconds. It's really it's really quite something to experience. And at the time, I, I didn't know anyone else <clears throat> that had been through something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it was a freak accident, and so I sort of had to learn within myself how to grow and adapt very quickly in coming to terms with that with that accident. Um, yeah. It was a very, very painful, painful time and the trauma that followed that. Mm. Um, and I'm still, I like I, I've moved on from the experience itself. This was in 2008. Um, but you know, these things, they never, they never leave you. They shape who you are. Yeah. So the impact of that has been huge on my life and has mm. really, I guess it, it taught me that living life is you know it's extremely important living the best life that you can um there's a phrase living well is the best revenge and whatever comes at you um yeah. if you can you know sort of take a higher higher ground that's yeah exactly. that's the way to go what so, has um, been the if i may what has been the the healing um journey for you what have you have you done in terms of healing and, and what's been that journey hmm. like? Healing. So I think initially I, I wasn't really, for about a year, I wasn't healing. Um, I threw myself into my studies at university and I, I did quite well um, in that year. But that wasn't really, that wasn't the healing that I needed. Um, that was yeah. a distraction. But since then, um, I've been going to see various therapists um, and getting some help, professional help uh, there, which isn't an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to admit to that you need that kind of you know, yeah, exactly. outside professional help. It's, mm -hmm. it's the conversations around that now are so much more open than even, I think even than 10 years ago. Um, there's a lot more encouragement for that. So the healing has been through, through speaking with people who have, I guess, professional knowledge and um, techniques for, for coping and yeah, and someone beyond. external maybe can can help someone exactly. That yeah, getting know. a yeah yeah like a neutral a neutral exactly. perspective. Yeah, um, and I'm still on that healing journey. I'm um. I'm still on it and I, you know, there's a lot of talk about self-care yeah. and things like that at the moment. And I mean, absolutely 100% that is, that is kind of the root of, of living a better life and within a better world is when we can really take that care um, mm -hmm. and draw that into ourselves because then we can then care for others and, yeah. and turn that around. So yeah. through other things such as volunteering, um, I volunteered at various sort of arts festivals and community um, initiatives throughout my 20s. Yeah. And I found that that really helped as well in my healing journey because it brought me out of myself and into a space where I was able to connect with other people and just, you know, hear about other people's experiences in life. You know, everyone has such a variety of experiences and that was really something that that helped me to move out of my 
of my trauma and yeah. out of that kind of the self-absorption that that can bring and continuing on the self-care um, and the safe self-love you mentioned volunteering but are there others other sorry um things you do on a daily basis to look mm. after yourself to um do some self-love um any activities any hobbies that you do yeah um daily um so i'm also a singer and i make sure that i do my vocal exercises every day <laughs> mm. um i think that's very much part of self-love as well when you have a hobby or an interest um and you you nurture it you know on a, on a daily basis as much as you can um i've created that habit of um exercising every day as well uh i do yoga every day um nice although, yeah I, i don't know if it's really <laughs> yoga it's more stretches just you know nice big stretches in the morning and on my yoga mat and that's a really good way to ground yourself between you know like being asleep and waking up and and continuing into your day whatever the day holds find what you what feels good isn't it <laughs> yeah find what feels good definitely um right. so those are some things that i that i guess are now habits uh which have also sort of helped me on that journey mm, okay that's very interesting um what um how do you feel about the the journey that brought you here i think that you kind of explain that already and, and answer mm. that question um but then as a result of 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 what, what you just shared um how do you feel today and and how this all these experiences how how they shaped you to become who you are today yeah um the journey it's i feel it's you know there's a rainbow of emotions within exactly. the journey sure um you feel everything within it and i mean really i just feel amazed that i'm here um i'm amazed at the journey that i've been on um because most of it has been sort of i guess in a way fighting for survival and um it's also been a journey of finding compassion as well and that is something which is so so deeply important and valuable in the world is finding compassion yeah um to yourself as well from yeah. from others or to yourself yeah exactly finding it for and within yourself and for others as well um that's a really special ingredient i guess um yeah sometimes i'm just like wow i i'm here and that's incredible um i don't really know how to explain it but yeah yeah, yeah you know i yeah it is are there other um, key moments you wanted to share with us um about your story um because you mentioned you had there was a few things um yeah. so i didn't know if i i um if you wanted to to um share other things with, with yeah us. sure um another key thing that sort of happened more recently in my life um and this is something which i don't hear a lot of discussion around but it certainly exists um i woke up to the realization that i grew up in a in a dysfunctional family which i guess is something that 
like at every family there there are levels of dysfunction yes um, <laughs> that's a, <laughs> I think that's a given if there's more than one person it's a given um but I I recently just woke up to this and it was very it was a really it was like a punch in the gut when I when I realized this um and it I realized it through, it was through visiting my family and my hometown after, you know, moving here to Canada and going back for a visit and just realizing, wow, um, I I think I moved away, you know, for, for a reason that I wasn't really aware of until that point, if that makes sense. Um, and that's, it's opened up a whole new sort of journey for me as well in in healing and coming to terms with the past and again finding compassion there because we're people just trying to survive in the world and Mm -hmm. and family's a very it's a it's quite a complex uh thing yeah yeah Um, yeah if um do you feel like um, those those two events are linked in any way, or are they linked in in your healing process? Maybe. Um, on some levels, yes, because at the time of the accident, I I didn't. It was so shocking. I don't think people really knew what to do. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't know what to do either if someone went through that, and. Mm. Um. I didn't feel like there was a lot of support. Um, But then I'm also where people express, you know, their support in various ways and express what they can, but I didn't feel a lot of familial um, support there. And I guess that, yes, in that way, the two things are connected um, somehow in this sort of thread of time, you know, 12 years later or over a decade later, um, it must have been yeah. difficult for you um, having to go through these events um, so young as well. It's, it's, it's sometimes these, these things happen to us so young and it, it kind of drifts our path completely and our journey completely. Yeah. Um, but also it does shine a light on certain people um, and mm. certain things um, and we decide to change our path a little bit. Um, yeah. It is very it is very difficult. Um how do you feel now? About these events? Yeah, yeah. About um, the family, how how is your relationship with your family now, if I can ask? Yeah, sure. Um I would say it's it's kind of strange and there are again a lot of emotions in that. There's a lot of pain and sadness. Um I recently, I discovered through, you know, this, this realization that I grew up with a narcissistic mother and that is a horrendous thing to, to realize because Mm -hmm. society and people tell us, well, that's not the case. You know, it's your mother. Yeah. You know, it's just such a, a mind blowing thing because the mother-daughter relationship is so important and mm-hmm. it's, it's supposed to be very loving and I felt that that had never really been there. Yeah, um, and sometimes we look up to our parents and, mm. and our, our peers, don't we? Yeah. 
Yeah. So for me, that's a very difficult thing. Um, it's, it's really mind boggling to come to terms with, but I find myself um, a therapist here um, who I can speak with about this. And I find this, this individual. And as soon as we met, she just understood what I was on about. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize this is a bigger problem than, than I, than I realized like, wow, this is such a insidious hidden invisible thing that exists in society um yeah and we just connected she just knew and it was it was amazing it felt like when you have a connection with a therapist that just gets it you just get it yeah compassion yeah absolutely and it's a specialized subject as well that she works in um and I'd been to therapy before you know for the accident and everything and the focus was always on the accident but I now realize that that really wasn't, wasn't the thing, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. There is a bit more to it than that. Yeah, you um, kind of dug into it and then there were other layers to it, if I yeah. understand well. Mm. Yeah, deep, deep layers. So I'm still going through that healing process, but I mean, I'm, I'm definitely in a better place than I was, you know, a year ago. Um, or a few months ago when I made this sort of discovery that had always been staring me in the face and I yeah. only just realized it. Um, yeah. And did you, was it because of that or through that, that you, you didn't find support with, with the other members of your family or did you actually find support um, going through this with, with other, your, I don't know, your siblings or other people in your family? Yeah. Um, I find support uh, in this experience, um, I guess more because partially because I'm able to speak about it more, um, and people can relate a bit more to it. Yeah. Um, and I'm a strong believer in found family as well. Um, Mm. your, your friends are your family. (laughs) People you make connections with are your family. Um, family is not just blood or, or obligation. Um, so I, I have found more support in this experience and it's that is so incredibly valuable and something I hadn't really experienced much of yeah. previously. Yeah. So it's very yeah. special. Yeah. And despite everything, I think that we grow from these experiences. Um, mm-hmm. They're hard. They're really painful. Um, yeah. And it, it um, makes us grow really quickly absolutely <laughs> as as you said this uh, these two events happened to you very yeah. young so you had to um grow grow up very quickly and become an adult very very quickly um yeah so, yeah it does have an impact mm. and and it, it sounds like you've done such an incredible journey of healing and and self-care self-caring um i think we all admire everyone's just going to listen to this is going to admire um yeah oh sounds like I, a beautiful journey it is it is really tough yeah um, it's um pain beauty all of that in there it's, it's all in there um yeah. you just have to create create your way through through these experiences and they're motivators as well for you to to get well to get better and mm. um yeah and live, live your best to- life Going back to the notion of home, because we have mm-hmm. a similarity you and I is that we moved away from home and mm-hmm. our country is it has changed from 
from from where we were born. Um, I feel like I moved country also to create someone that I could create, be someone who I wanted to be and have mm-hmm. a clean slate and be and just change jobs and meet new people and just have a new life. Do you yeah. feel like like changing countries and, and starting a new life somewhere has been has had the same experience to you as, as I had for me? It's funny because I moved to Scotland and you've been to Scotland, so it's a bit of a <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a circle, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think there's something in there's something in everyone. The the people are curious. People want to explore, and mm. I think we're also of a generation where there is that opportunity to to leave your home and to go exactly. elsewhere. Yes. Um, so. I don't know if lucky is the right word there, but we, we certainly have that opportunity. So if we want to take it, we can go with it. And meeting other people from you know, different, different countries, different cultures, different walks of life absolutely informs our own thinking and our perceptions. And yeah, and those and- connections just weave this fabric of a more rich life and deeper understanding. Yes, going back home now for me makes me enjoy going back home. Okay. Enjoy home more than when I lived at home. Yes. You see when I'm in. Um, Absolutely, like I do. Revisiting your home, um, your birth country or your home country um, makes it, I don't know, exciting again. Mm-hmm. And you rediscover the place, you rediscover, um, I don't know, cities and I'm, I've been traveling and, and away in France for the past couple of weeks and I've just mm-hmm. really enjoyed it because I don't live in France anymore. I don't know if you feel like this when you go back to Scotland and, and just being with your family has a different, um, it's, it's all different now because you've been away for so long. Do you feel like home has a different flavor? I think it does, yeah. I mean, the, my last visit home, it was, you know, coming to terms with all this really heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, but going, you know, going back in the future, gosh, whenever we can actually do that, um, yeah. <clears throat> um, it will it will be another step in that experience. Um, mm. But yes, you sort of you notice things when you go back that you didn't notice before, mm. um, and you see things that you didn't see before, and you feel things you didn't feel before, whether it's things, bad things. Um, sometimes you just need to be taken away. And then go back to realize what's what's there. Mm, that's um, that's what I wanted to say. And you just say yeah. you say better than me is exactly <laughs> that. Is leaving to come back better, as we would say in French, is yeah. understanding what what we why we left also and, and what we've left behind. Um so I think yeah. it's it's good to change and travel and and maybe have different little lives in, in, in within our big life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. Um, my next question, if you are happy to move on to mm-hmm. the next question, unless yeah. you want to add anything else to this. Uh, no, let's, let's go for it. Okay, great. Um, what is um, your biggest fear? And, and it, it might connect with the events you've just mentioned with us. Yeah, biggest fear. Um, I, I could, you know, I, I could see something like death, or yeah, yeah, that's, that's a common one. Or I have, Still I have like a, a really 
irrational well not really irrational but I don't know where it came from I have a phobia of sharks and I you know I've never encountered one I have no idea where that came from Mm -hmm. but actually I would say that my biggest fear is losing losing my empathy and giving up yeah yeah um the empathy do you mean towards yourself towards others or both um I think both really um, I recently was speaking with um, a friend who is a health professional and obviously times have been really different recently um, in, yeah. that, in that industry and that realm um, but the, the kind of work is so it's so tiring long shifts um, and you have, you know, like you have a patient in, patient out, and it's almost like a conveyor belt. And yeah, she was like, you know, I, I just, I don't really, I don't care anymore. Um, and I, I would really, I would fear getting to that point of not caring. I'm, you know, I'm seeing a person in need, needs help mm. and feeling like, God, I, you know, I just want to go on my lunch <laughs> yeah. or I just, you know, I want this to be over. Yeah, I understand the you pushed in a job or, or yeah. in an environment like this, and you push so much that exactly you kind of detach and yourself, maybe. Yeah, detachment, and sometimes that's important to get through. But I think I I would, if I got to that stage of feeling that that would be that's a that's a fear for me. Um, yeah, yeah, and being yeah. disconnected yeah from reality and from people, I guess. Um, yeah true yeah because that yeah that's like the fabric of of life I think is having that those connections and um Mm. being being an empath um I I don't know if it's possible to lose empathy but (laughs) maybe it is I don't know I mean we're always growing all the time always changing our feelings are evolving yeah Um, yeah. I think that sometimes in work there's there's so many different things and different factors that push us to do mm. things that we wouldn't do on a normal basis um the yep. stress and, and and tightness and um unfortunately not only work i'm sure there's a lot of others <laughs> other um examples um unfortunately that would change people sometimes you see situation where like the lockdown especially here mm. it was really strict and um a lot of people have had to be in the same house or the same flat for weeks for months yeah. and there's been a lot of arguments and unfortunately a lot of divorces because people yeah. have been kept in the same space um so i think it changes people it changes in, a, in unfortunately in a bad way um, yeah it's out of the ordinary um yeah true have you if i can jump on this on this mm-hmm. topic have you lived um the past few months and has it been any lockdown have you felt um about this and being away from from scotland yeah um well i remember back in march this was all sort of sort of brewing and it all came to a head uh i do recall hearing the first there was the first case first reported case of coronavirus in Scotland, I think in January. And okay. I heard about that. And I mean, obviously I sort of panicked. Um, you know, my family are there. Um, so I got in touch with them, even though we've been through you know, something quite 
quite heavy a few months before, I was like, okay, this Scotland's tiny. Um, there was no information on where this case had been reported. Um, and I have some family members who are in a high risk shielding category. So yeah. that was quite worrying. Um, and it just sort of went on from there, cases building up. Um, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden things closed down and mm. I found myself working from home, which I'm still doing and probably will be doing for the rest of the year. And I'm not sure beyond that. Um, and it's just my partner and myself. Uh, we live in an apartment in sort of suburban villagey area. And um, I remember the first few weeks being very quiet. It was still, it was early or mid-March, um, so springtime and still yeah. quite cold here. And I just remember it being so quiet and everything was closed and no yeah. cars out. Empty as well, yeah. Empty, it, it was It was kind of eerie. Um, I live yeah. next to one of the busiest, I think it's like the busiest highway in North America. I live quite close to it and that was fairly empty. So that was really, you know, this all happening is really like, okay, we're, this is huge. This is beyond anything any of us have, have experienced. Yeah. There's yeah, no, exactly. it's very difficult to make predictions. Um, it was an adapt, we had to adapt week after week and it was very yeah. anxiety driven, especially being far away from our families because I experienced that as well. Yeah, you but would. Say France, yeah what was happening in France and being in another country and seeing that things were closing little by little yeah was um <laughs> was for me to get back to the question like very yeah phobic or very fear-driven um because yeah I was just worried not being able to come back mm -hmm. and um and seeing country after country being impacted by it it was really strange yeah. um and I think we've all experienced it differently um regarding where we were and um, mm -hmm. who we were with. Um, so I just wanted to, yeah, have, have your experience <laughs> on this and how you've, how you've managed to um, get through this period of time. Hopefully, well, I hope this gets better now with the summer, but we don't know in for the couple, next couple of months. Yeah, that's um, the thing. There has been a sort of respite here. Things are opening up. Um, in Canada again and um, obviously it's summer and we only get a few months of of this glorious weather so people want to make the most of it but mm. I feel same. there's something <laughs> brewing underneath you know for autumn winter just not sure what that's going to look like yeah that's that's the, the scary part and yeah. and I think it's been driving a lot of fear to people because it was unknown it was something we've never had experienced before Mm -hmm. um, it was a disease that we didn't know and we yeah. didn't know if we had it, if we could catch it easily and if, if we end up in hospital and how bad it would be. Um, mm -hmm. so just, yeah, it's just this, this experience has been, I think, kind of shaping a lot of people as well. Yeah. Um, it was not easy this, this couple of months, but hopefully we're going to learn more about it and, and we'll get through it. Um, but yeah, anxiety hasn't been easy. And I think there's been a lot of posts on social media as well about mental health and about self-love, self-care mm -hmm. um, that I found really helpful in, in during the pandemic, being inside and 
what to do with with our days because some sometimes when we're not working or um we we just couldn't go out um yeah yeah here we couldn't go out at all um so it's been like yeah like you say yoga all these activities of self-care um that some people myself included have put in place for a couple of months a couple of years now yeah. um have have proven themselves really really useful in terms of pandemic um, uh, in a pandemic context um so yeah. yeah did you how did you did you feel very anxious about the period and how did you find like you you could um I don't know handle it okay were you were you okay in the end well not in the end because it's not the end. <laughs> we're still very much at the beginning um yeah. I think so it's very hard to tell how I'm how I dealt with it how I'm dealing with it um because well especially at the beginning it was day by day now I feel it's more week to week yeah um, that's just with the the progress of the situation I suppose um I find that working from home as an introvert it suits me perfectly mm. um I'm able to enjoy um and have more time for my my self-care routine Um, in the mornings and the evenings and during the day as well I live close to a beautiful big park and I can go out there for for nice walks and that's lovely I feel you completely on that I feel you're working from home that's just great (laughs) yeah no less distractions um and I suppose the distractions that I have are healthier because it's like oh I can pick up my guitar for 10 minutes um or oh I can sing for 10 minutes and there's no one around you know I'm not in an office where it's gonna you know where it would be inappropriate yeah um, yeah so obviously and there's the, pros and cons yeah and the the office is not always easy I feel like I join you on that as well I think we've got mm. something in common here about the office and not being um it's not always easy being in an environment with people um, all the time all day long um, yes. And I think a lot of people have enjoyed actually working from home and, and having their own space and mm. getting a cup of tea from time to time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good, good thing about it. Yeah, that's nice. What's, um, to move on to a new question, mm-hmm. I, would, I, would, um, I wanted to ask you, what is your biggest achievement? What do you feel like you've achieved and what's, what's the outcome of this? How, how proud do you feel about about the your biggest achievement mm-hmm. <laughs> achievement um, honestly I, I think it's arriving here today where I am in the present doing this podcast um, I, I've had achievements such as like I I have two degrees and I did quite well in both of them. But honestly, I think the real achievement is is arriving here and mm. finding truth and continuing my journey and being able to speak up about things that have happened in my past um, with some clarity. That's amazing, yeah. Um, Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And and you shared your your journey with us today. And to me, that you obviously you didn't know before. Um, that takes a lot courage and um yeah it's it's great that you're able to open up and yeah. and claim your voice and tell the truth so yeah well done for doing this this is thank this you is, <laughs> it's um a journey that has brought you here and, yeah and as you said it was painful and and 
like now it's beautiful beautiful you've, mm. you've become yeah really well done for this um is there anything you wanted to add on this um i suppose just to say it's it's an ongoing journey and um a society often <clears throat> defines achievements as career, money, um, external, yeah, success, external yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and a lot of us, yourself included, I know know that that's not the real that that's not the case. Um, and something about the past few months um, has really the world has been shook. Um, and there are more conversations happening around, well, what's really important? You know, people aren't wanting to go back to their offices. Uh, there's, I think there's been surveys and polls taken about that and people just don't want to go back. Um, yeah. For obvious reasons, it's an unnatural habitat. It creates a lot of um, scenarios which are, you know, just yeah. noise. Exactly. Mental um, health is shook, yeah. Yeah, uh, not good for or emotional or mental health and physical health as well. Um, so yeah. maybe our thinking should be more centered around um, the so-called soft skills that we have. Um, yeah. Communication um, is actually a very difficult skill to achieve um, across cultures and, and languages and abilities. Mm -hmm. um, and society should be waking up to valuing those things more, all those things that have been put down, um, not deemed important, all these things have to rise up. And yeah. I suppose it's our collective responsibility to do that um, on mm -hmm. the ground. Yeah. And on the other side of that, institutions need to, they need to get with that and um, Unfortunately, I think they're going to be leading. They're going to be leading the way for a while, but it would be really beautiful if, you know, if we could meet somewhere on that understanding of what's really important in life. It's not money. It's not wealth. It's not material stuff. It's what we have, where we are, and um, yeah. what things we can achieve as communities. Yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. have realised that during lockdown yeah. because they would buy local. They would be really careful about mm -hmm. um, recycling and the planet, and and we wouldn't see many cars outside, um, obviously because we were all in, and yeah. we all expected a new world coming after this, and unfortunately, it didn't happen. There's like many cars and, and planes are coming, um, are flying again, and mm. and you see this big. Um, billionaires that I wouldn't mention him um yeah that are, are getting even more money that had have have had sorry more money during during lockdown um yeah. so I just I just hoped for a new world um I haven't seen it yet but I see a lot of um shift throughout through communities and people that are willing to change there are a lot of organizations now yeah, um, and our people wanted wanted to build on a local scale, not mm -hmm. on an international scale anymore. Um, is this something you've you've realized recently, or something that that has always been within you? I think part of it has always been within me. Um, however, now it's now that it's um, we can see it externally happening. It's waking. 
it's waking us up to the possibilities that, you know, if we've been feeling them with, within us, here's an opportunity now to really connect um, in this moment. And um, seeing the movements yeah. happen worldwide um, through the aid of, you know, messaging through the internet um, mm -hmm. and social True. media mm -hmm. is, it's incredible. It's like, wow, was social media, was it being developed for this time? Like, yeah. um, it's really quite something. And it, it's all, it's all connected, whether it's local or global. Um, those networks filter, filter out across the world. And both are just as important because they're interconnected. They work together. Um, I myself have been getting involved in um, a, a food bank that is opening yeah, up in was, my neighbourhood. That was actually going to be my next question. Ah. What, if you've done any volunteering, what have you done so that could give ideas to the people listening and to me as well? How can we get involved within our community? Yeah. Um, so something that another friend um, told me as well, I asked her the same question um, a few months back. Like, what, what can I do? I want to help. What can I do? What should I be looking for? And um, I suppose one, one thing to look for is a mutual aid organisation in your neighbourhood or your community. Yes. Um, that is absolutely a first port of call. See if that's available. Um, other local networks as well, such as a, if there's like a, what do you call it, like a, a business association for the neighborhood okay. or some kind of, um, I, I don't know, other grassroots group yeah. that may exist within your community. Um, depending on where we live. Exactly. Um, depending on where you live, uh, you know, rural, urban, there are different things available, but essentially a lot it's you know all these networks are created by people so I suppose another opportunity is um well if there isn't something you can start something if you see there is a need for a, a mutual aid group then you can you can start that group yeah um, like I did yeah. for me for women I just started it <laughs> there you go from, exactly from scratch yeah and we, we came along and we decided to do that podcast together yeah, <laughs> that's go. so cool that's amazing. Um, thank you. What was the, the food bank um, volunteering? Can you tell us a bit more about this one? So this is something that, uh, uh, so I probably didn't explain that correctly. So I'm going to be starting volunteering with that next month. Um, it's okay. taken them a while to get everything, I guess, set up. Um, but my partner has been volunteering for another uh, organization in our neighborhood. Um, as he's been out of work so um you know what okay. better time to contribute you know to a cause and it's been very yeah. successful and it, it's probably going to be going on for the foreseeable future um it just shows how much people you know there needs to be these things there people need <clears throat> access right, to yeah. these resources mm -hmm. um yeah so unfortunately, I've been working full time at home and I haven't had the time really to commit to something which is within myself very conflicting because I want to be. Um, but I have signed up for my mutual aid uh, organization in, in the neighborhood and um, I put my name forward to say I'm available for um, one of the things that they offer is a sort of a telephone service for people who just want to have conversations and yeah just have a chat about people. 
exactly for people that are looking just for someone to talk to um and I thought well yeah I would definitely have time for that and I love I love having conversations so um, mm, that's, great. that's something I've signed up for that's amazing that's a really good way of using this this few hours during a week to help the communities and give back exactly um, to people and there's this a lot of people um that need um unfortunately need uh food banks and and just to yeah. chat um just i used to do a don't know if you've heard of it it's called good gym in around the uk and it's i think in, so yeah yeah it's just a, a great fun way to go for a run and help the community um by doing some reading or just chatting to an elderly person yeah and coming back running um and it's really lovely it's, it's a really nice group and there's they're all across the uk it's a great way cool. to do some some exercise and 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 be there for the community i really enjoy that and that's something mm -hmm. that i want to i want to get involved um when i'm back to the uk soon yeah um, but it's lovely to have this chat with you and see what's going on in canada as well what yeah. other opportunities going um yeah, yeah that's very interesting um my last question already mm -hmm. um, will be, well, last, yeah, big question would be, <laughs> what would you say to the 10 um, yield um, that you were, what, what mm. advice, what would you say if you had a chance to meet, meet her? Um, this is an interesting question because it's something that's um, been coming up in my, my therapy sessions, um, inner child healing, inner yeah. child work. Okay. Um, connecting with our younger selves. And honestly, I think if I met myself at 10, I would assure her or myself, I would assure myself that um, I say, you are loved. I love you. Mm. I'm here for you. Yeah. Everything is, is going to be okay. Um, you mm. are loved, essentially. I like that. Um, and believe yeah. in yourself. Yeah, yeah. I wish I wish I could go back as well and say a few things and advice and be be like, it's all going to be okay. And yeah. and I'm sure I'm sure in ten years I'd be happy to have someone coming, like myself coming back and say, exactly, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, this it's interesting through therapy how we can we can't you know materially do that, but. We can do that within ourselves we can imagine it and it's obviously not the same but it's a really good technique to for grounding and for yeah for like healing parts of ourselves that need that need healing yeah and we were just talking earlier you mentioned um that our society wanted to wanting to um pressure us on on achieving things and having success um mm -hmm. through money and and career do you feel like um, as a human being, but also as a woman, you feel pressure from society from achieving certain things um, through your life? Do you feel like as women, we, we tend to have a bit more pressure <laughs> to, do yes. things, to do things at a certain age and, and have things like um, a house, <laughs> a car, a dog, and um, materialistic things? How do you feel about that? Yes, I do really uh, think that, you know, women, as women, we have been given that messaging since a very young age, very young, in how 
you know, the toys we played with, the conditioning that we've experienced um, growing up, because that's what society, that's what girls should be doing. Um, You know, through teenage years um, and even through, you know, like sexuality as well, what women should and shouldn't be doing um, in their sexual lives. Um, And that is an important conversation that, it should really be spoken more about. Um, for example, like sex education in schools, there mm-hmm. should be conversations around compassion, uh, not compassion, consent, um, and yes. boundaries. We're not taught that at all. So, you know that that doesn't lead to great things. <laughs> yeah, there's still a um, lot to do. Um, yeah, there is so much work. Yeah, um, and and especially for the past few years with the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things are now changing really slowly moving recently but there's still a lot of education to do um in work yeah. unfortunately and, and a lot really of pressure has been in, in women hopefully yeah. things will get better for the next generations i know that <laughs> is my hope as well absolutely <clears throat> and um that's what we really want and we, we should be striving for as well like you know, yeah. the younger generations, if we want things to be better for them, then we have to do the work and we want things to be better for ourselves as well. We've been landed yeah. with all this stuff from the past. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's a lot to try and comprehend. Um, but as, as women, yes, I feel we're certainly, we're all pressured into corners and expectations. And if we don't fulfill them, there is, there is a kind of punishment there um if if we don't fulfill them yeah but again you know as the past few months have sort of shown us is that while people we can rebel we can turn away from those expectations and we can challenge them yeah and And they won't be there forever as you said social media has sometimes is is has its disadvantages but also um Mm. allow allows to speak up exactly um, have yeah. like take up space on 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 the web and mm-hmm. um, and be ourselves and and claim the, the truth that we we want to share yeah it's, that's the good thing about this and it's, it's having that space yeah it's great yeah. it's it's amazing um my last question will be um which woman do you find inspiring and why if, if you've got someone in mind someone <laughs> famous or not famous um if you want to end the podcast with a little yeah oh that's so tricky um there are many many women you can you can choose many if you want (laughs) um well someone that's always kind of stuck in my mind um as being an inspiration is uh not everyone will agree with this but that's okay is um, Annie Lennox. She's a Scottish yeah. singer. Um, and she's like, cool. Yes, she's very <laughs> cool. Um, you know, she she has an interesting life story. She grew up in, in the north of Scotland, moved down to London, and she was in the Eurythmics in the 80s. Um, beyond that, she had a solo career. Um, and she's done a lot of work in in South Africa in raising awareness around um, HIV and AIDS and the impact yeah. that that has on women and children. 
Um, so she's been able to use her platform to do that work. And absolutely, that is a way that um, I suppose celebrities, idols, if they're given that platform to do that work, then absolutely do it because people look up to that. Yeah. Um, so you need those role models. Yeah. 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 Um, and she has an incredible voice. And as a singer, that's kind of what I aspire to as well. So, uh, yeah, as a fellow Scot, um, I, I'm enamored, if that's the right word. Uh, she has yeah. a strong sense of self, and that's something I admire in, in people that I meet, when people have a strong sense of who they are and strong beliefs that they hold fast to. Um, mm. it's, a, it's resilience, and it's, uh, it's yeah, inspiring. Yeah, it's really nice. I believe you have some um, common points with her because oh. you sing and you write songs and you go on stage as well. Yes. Uh, yeah, a little bit, not as much as I would like and certainly not at the moment. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's also about having this as like a confidence growth as it like helped you in any shape um, going on stage to claim your voice and sing your own songs. Yeah, I think so. Um, your voice tells a story. Um, and I have never had a, you know, a huge amount of self-confidence. Um, and going on stage has been at times crippling. Um, standing up in front of a group of people. Oh, like, oh, yeah. hey, that's another fear, public speaking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but through practice, I think that's really the only way to try and yeah maybe not entirely beat it but to just gain more confidence in doing it um yeah. and finding confidence within yourself to just stand there and be like i'm okay with people looking you know they're they're not looking as intensely as i think they are if that makes sense yes um, just need to brush away that that ego part that yeah. gets in the way um, yeah. but it's it's something that i felt more comfortable doing in the past few years um as i've been finding myself a bit more in my journey. Um, I've felt that my confidence has increased um, because I'm being more true to myself. So, Yeah, it's a learning curve, isn't it? And yeah. I can tell you your public speaking is amazing. You are so articulated and you speak really well. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah, think that's always been the case. But, uh, you've done so well practice. today. You've been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, um, I'm really, you. really grateful for opening up for you to open up like this and, and share your story. And yeah, thank you for trusting me and for being part of this new podcast. Um, if you want to add anything or have a last word for the people that are listening, I can <laughs> let you a few seconds if you want to say anything um, to the people today. Yeah. Um. Well, again, I, I'd like to thank you as well for inviting me to speak. Um, I wasn't sure how things were going to pan out when I first found out about the project. I was like, am I going to write something? Or um, yeah. So thank you so much for, for also trusting me to speak as well. And I know that I've spoken about some maybe controversial things um, that, are, that are my truth. Um, it is your truth so, and it's a safe platform. So I'm yeah. really happy that you used it and you took the courage to do it. Yeah, yeah it, it takes courage. And I would just say to anyone just to keep going and it's not always going to be smooth sailing, but finding, finding compassion, 
finding contentment are are the drivers you know for for just for just keeping on there there is always hope uh there is always work to be done and if you believe in yourself then that you know that's that translates into believing in others as well um and if you're supporting yourself you can support others and you know it creates all this a beautiful world of community and connection um in in a world that's very uncertain at the moment so just keep going great i absolutely love that i couldn't have wished for a better ending <laughs> word from you thank you so much <laughs> thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back soon well thank you becky and we'll um be in touch again for more projects okay great bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.